Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, guys, we are sitting down today with Bryce Bishop and Dave Brinker from the Altitude Show. Bryce is from Peaks. Uh, these guys are studs. Uh, we have a giant giveaway that we're dropping, and so we're like doing this and coinciding it with this pod. So listen up. Giving away about $6,000 worth of gear. It's all the gear that I'm running from most of my partners, and it's super simple to enter. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to the landing page over at Peaks. There's a sweet shirt, separations in the preparation. It's all about hustle. It's all about just delayed gratification. So buy the shirt. Also, we have a discount code for the shirt and anything on Peak's website. It is elk shaped. They'll take 10% off. You buy the shirt, you're entered to win. Uh, we're going to announce the winner in just like a short turnaround time right before hunting season. And all the details are on the landing page. My goal is to beat the Gritty Bowman. Brian Call did this, I guess, last year maybe. And I think he sold 2,500 shirts or whatever. And I want to beat him. So I'm going to be blasting this on my IG, on my YouTube, uh, wherever I can. And I want everyone to get this shirt. Um, and if you're looking at Peaks equipment, get the Duo uh, headlamp so you can run it on red light most of the time. You can hold it down for four seconds and it will not turn on if it gets bumped in your pack so you won't drain batteries completely rechargeable get the 2.0 sissy sticks they have several different options there carbon and aluminum combined together i'm running their shelter this year i tried it all i vetted it it's awesome the giveaway i want to beat brian and i love brian and uh he knows i'm competitive and i know he's very competitive so we're gonna sit down today talk to bryce we're gonna talk to dave not just about peaks but we're gonna talk about an aging athlete what they've done to get themselves in shape for elk season some of their struggles and a lot of entrepreneurial stuff today and just some really good business stuff that may help you with your side hustle or your current hustle and uh i don't know i think this is just a very enlightening podcast let's get into it i appreciate you guys support as you're listening to this i'm chasing antelope i hope you're having the best week ever elk season's around the corner here we go (laughs) 
Welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests, subject matter experts, so that you can tune in, get what you need to get, and continue on your journey. We are blessed to call ourselves Elk Hunters. Season 6, here we go. We live. We live. Yeah. I don't know, honestly, a name for it would be like maybe, I don't know. The separation, the preparation's too long. I mean, I, th I think it should just be called the elk shape giveaway, right? I'll think about it. I'm I'm not the clever guy in the room. I'm I'm always just the tactical business guy. So I don't I don't ever have the clever sayings, but Jeff can come up with something cool. Yeah, Jeff Jeff's the guy. Uh, first question, fellas. We don't do introductions. How did you two meet? I need to know. Oh man, Bryce, so Bryce, Bryce do you want to tell a story? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll tell the story and you can fill in the gap. So, okay. Geez, what was it? 20, 2019, right? So 2019, I got connected with Ryan Bassham, who was at Sitka. That's when I was first trying to like figure out if this thing had legs underneath it. And uh, I was talking with Ryan and uh, he connected me with a couple other people. And we talked about putting an advisory board together just to like help drive the business forward. And I think at that time he just, I don't know, Dave, you were already gone from Sitka, right? Yes. I was one year out. Yes. So, so Dave had already left Sitka. I was going to be at the Hunt Expo just to walk around and kind of see what it was about. I had never been to the Hunt Expo in Salt Lake before and Dave was going to be there. And so we scheduled a meeting to connect and we met back kind of in the back corner on a couch by like the Baku, I think booth. And we sat on a couch for like 10 or 15 minutes and just, I gave him the, the spiel and asked him if he'd be interested in being on the advisory board for peaks. And, uh, I guess I told enough lies that he was intrigued and, uh, that started it. I don't know, Dave, what am I missing? Yeah, no, that's, that's it. Uh, I guess I, at the time, since I was so fresh out of Sitka, I, I was kind of examining all opportunities. Um, I hadn't yet committed to much of anything in the hunting industry. I was kind of taking a break. I was working on my stuff outside the hunting industry. And Bryce was really one of the first people maybe there might've been one other that kind of captured my attention with an idea. And at the, time, at the time, he was just selling trekking poles out of his garage, and they were called Sissy Sticks. Um, sorry, I always think I'm supposed to look at that camera. I'm looking at the, uh, <laughs> They were called Sissy Sticks. And uh, I'm like, man, I I don't know what it was. I think it had less to do with the product. Because on, honestly, at the, at the time, it was trekking poles, and people were buying them. 
but I, I hated the packaging. I thought some of the marketing was not very good. And, but I really liked Bryce. Like I just, he gave me good vibes. I didn't get, I didn't get sleaze bag vibes. You know, I got, this seems like a really genuinely nice guy. Um, and I knew a few people that had at least done some things with him. They told me the same things. And honestly, Dan, you know, this over the course of my career, I've, I've learned the, the most important thing before you do business with anybody is integrity, even beyond talent or what they're selling. The most important thing is, can you do business with this person for a long period of time through stressful periods and shit storms and still kind of like them or at least trust them? So I walked away from that couch conversation going, oh, well, I, I know how to build a gear company and I like the guy. So it's worth exploring. And I think the next time we met was in Bozeman and he, and yeah. that was, that was another story, but that's how we met the first time. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I heard about peaks when my friend Dirk Durham started using them and he started posting on social and I l loved the name. Love the name because I am kind of a closet trekking pole connoisseur. Like um, the older I get, and especially the elk benders I go on, like I just went over the calendar with my wife. She's not happy with me right now. I just, she'd like pin me down. When are you leaving? And I'm not going to be home in September, not one day. And uh, <laughs> dude, this just happened to me last night. F word, dude. She, she knows this is coming, but she makes it. She doesn't make it, she does not make it fun. And so she's doing a good job making me feel very guilty, but I will not be guilty. I will be guilt-free the second I go out the door. Cause I've anyways, long story longer is I, um, love trekking poles and I think they add longevity to my hunts. Yeah. Seriously. And I've always, I always have one out in the, in literally, even when I'm hunting, I have a bow in one hand and a trekker in the other hand. And I switch back and forth all day. I think it adds up over the course of a week or two. I really do. And so when Dirk busts, Dirk busts those out, I'm like, that, that is, I don't know anything about the tracking pole. Sounds kind of cool. Carbon and aluminum makes sense to me, but the, who came up with the name Bryce? That is like literally gold. Uh, yeah. So all, all credit to really one individual plus the team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad has a good buddy that we used to go on backcountry adventures with all the time. And he's like you, he's just this like machine and he can just go a million miles an hour through the mountains and never stop. And he's just, he's just like the ultimate man, right? Like when you think of a man, you think of him. Um, and he just used to crush the mountains, crush the mountains, crush the mountains. And, but when he got about 60 ish, he could start to feel himself slowing down a little bit. And uh, as much as he wanted to deny it, trekking poles like they helped, you know? So, so he started using them, but because he's this macho manly kind of guy, he just used to call them sissy sticks. I got to bring these sissy sticks again. You know, like it was just the joke kind of in our family, but he's still, a, I mean, he can still probably do in his seventies, he can still probably do more push-ups than I can in a row. Like he's just a stud, um, but he just calls them sissy sticks. And so when we were developing them, it was just kind of a fun name to go with disruptive. You know, when we first launched and that's what the brand was sissy sticks, it just was disruptive. And people were like, like you were, what are those things? Who, who came up with these? Um, 
So we just ran with it and we've gotten a little bit of hate, which whatever we're fine with. But overall, I think the hunting industry has actually really been very accepting of the name. It's been awesome. Yeah. So are you like, did you bootstrap this? Like I, I get the idea that you did out of your garage or did you go have to borrow some loot? I mean, how do you get a business off the ground with one skew, man? Yeah. I bootstrapped the entire thing from ground zero. I, you know, I, it just goes back to the connections and the relationships, right? So like Ryan Bassam and I go to church together. We would talk, I'd take him to breakfast, kind of bounce ideas off of him Harrison Lindsay, who's now with Yeti, but was at Sitka at the time, also went to church with me. I take him to lunch, bounce ideas off of him. I got introduced to Dave. Then we got introduced to Brian Call and Ryan Lampers right before they went to New Zealand back in 2019. Oh, yeah. Brian had like lost a pair of trekking poles in Alaska or something like that and put out on his social feed, hey, if anybody's got any trekking pole recommendations, I'm in the market for a new pair. So... Bass Ham introduced me to Brian Call. I talked to him. They were about to head to New Zealand. We sent a pair of poles. They took them there to test them. They came back and said, dude, these things were actually legit. They survived the entire trip when they shouldn't have. And it just was kind of this snowballing effect of just the right people at the right time doing the right things. And it just kind of all came together. I mean, I that's one thing I just feel really blessed about is that it just all kind of came together the way that it should. I didn't do anything special. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I was willing to kind of go out on a limb and ask people questions and take people to breakfast and lunch. And, you know, I was calling Randy Newberg and Corey Jacobson and all these people that I should never been trying to get a hold of and just asking them to test it and everything else. And to my surprise, a lot of these guys said, yes, they would test them and give feedback. Um, like Randy was one of the first guys that ever got his hands on a pair of the very first prototypes. And I think he broke them like his first time out, but he was able to give like really valuable feedback and help us kind of dial it in so that when, you know, we did finally get him in the hands of like Brian and Ryan before New Zealand, we had a pretty viable product by then. Um, and after they came back, it was like, yeah, let's go, let's launch. So we just did all the work to get it off the ground, get it launched at that point. Dan, I, I think what you're hearing is actually Bryce's superpower which and and you and I both know from being around this industry one of the things that will kill a brand or at least uh hinder it is an egotistical founder that's not willing to listen and but also has the balls to make decisions so like two different skill sets like egotistical founders have balls but they don't have the confidence to reach out and increase their network and knowledge to improve what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think one of Bryce's superpowers, and I know this for a fact now, because now that I've, I've worked with them for, is it four years, really? Whatever it is, almost, almost every year. day, almost every day we talk. And uh, some of those conversations, they're getting harder as the business, our, our business is, is real now. Like we're a real business. It's not like we're just selling shit out of a garage. Like we sell a lot of stuff. And so the conversations aren't always pretty, right? You have to make hard decisions. You have challenges and problems. Bryce has the ability to, and the intellectual capabilities to navigate those issues, but he also has the inner confidence to be like, Hey guys, I don't know what I'm doing here. Help me. And I think those two things are the sign. Someone told me one time 
Oh, and he also has the ability to be creative, which is also rare with his type because he's kind of a bean counter and I give him shit for crap. Beep. I gave him crap for it all the time. Uh, but that's a superpower. If you can be a bean counter and creative and have balls, like that's a good founder. Yeah, that's a rare breed. That's a rare breed, Bryce. That's for real. Um, that's cool to know that it was like, Bryce, this is you. I, I, your marketing and Dave, we're going to talk to you about this. Your branding, everything's really clean. I've seen your storefront when I've been to Montana at the archery shop. That's right by you. I've seen your storefront. I've been in Cody Rich's place. So I saw your guys' storefront. You weren't open on a Sunday, but very clean, great location, the branding who is responsible for clean logos, really good, clean branding. Like I work with Matthews. I always compliment them on one of the cleanest brands when it comes to marketing, like no slop whatsoever. And I think you guys are right up there. Who is guilty of doing a great job? Not me. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, that's a one of the, one of the people that Bryce engaged in the beginning that needs credit for some of that is Jordan Harbertson. Yeah. Oh, mountain ops guy. Yes. Yeah. Cause Jordan is a, in his own way, a brand wizard. Um, and I think when you paired that with my decade of experience of working on Sitka as the marketing director and learning from some of the best brand people that I, I know and Ryan Bassham and, and, uh, and you brought again, Bryce's ability to absorb and listen. We were able to, because what one of the things we did, Dan, um, was the the second meeting I had with Bryce, we sat in a room in Montana and he like laid all the products on the table. And I'm like, okay, so what what's the plan? <laughs> what's <laughs> what's next? I see a bunch of trekking poles. Awesome. Long story short, we made a decision over the next few months to rebrand into peaks. And that involved Jordan, myself, and Bryce, and many other people's input. But as we did that, we wanted to build a brand similar to a, from a branding perspective, similar to a Matthews or a Sitka or a, some of the other Yeti, some of the other clean brands. We wanted to build a premium brand around this equipment philosophy. And um, as we did that, Bryce learned very quickly how to do it as well. Now, he doesn't give himself any credit, but he actually really enjoys doing creative things. And I'm constantly impressed with how fast he learned on how to actually design. And many of the marketing things you see, although my input and a couple other folks input go into almost everything, Bryce does it and he won't give himself credit, but again, he's able to learn and right. know what he doesn't know. So I think it's just a, a conglom conglomeration of a, of a really good team and network. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to Dan is, is the team. Like I can't take a lot of credit for it. Look, when I design something and put it out there first, like I, I remember early on, man, Dave would just destroy it, just destroy it. Like it's too cluttered. It's too messy. That's the wrong word. The font looks bad. Like everything about it was really messy. And just, you know, through learning that from Dave and Ryan and, and others, like we've just, we've just really focused on trying to keep everything really simple and clean. And, 
you know, that cliche edit to amplify, we just edit everything down to the least common denominator so that you focus and see the right things and it's not cluttered with everything else. And I, and I think it comes from a product philosophy too, right, Bryce? Same thing we try to do with products. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's a team effort for sure. I've had to learn a lot. I mean, I've, I've really been schooled in the last three years on how to, how to brand because I'm not a brand guy. I'm a, I'm more of a business guy. Um, but I've had to really learn about branding and what works and doesn't work. And these guys have been huge helps for me personally. A a lot of folks on this pod that listen, uh, I've done a lot of side hustle pods. Uh, I'm always like to sprinkle that entrepreneurial fairy dust into these podcasts because I know for a fact, Dave, you can back me up. There are people that punch a clock that hate their job and they want to do something else. And I always use my story of, I loved being a CrossFit gym owner for 11 years. Loved it. I loved doing elk shape on the side. And I also love that I was fortunate, blessed, all credit to God, to come to that fork in the road where I had to let those balls dangle and go all in on elk shape and walk away from the safe route. Best decision I've ever made. And no backup plan. Just like full send. And I've had a lot of guys come on here and share their side hustles. So I think we should just recap. Maybe Dave Bryce, give us one bullet point of entrepreneurial 101. Bryce, you got to talk about branding one more time because I think nobody thinks about that. They think about the product. They think about how to bring it to market, but they don't think about building a brand. And Dave, you got to add your two cents. Yeah, no, branding is number one, right? Like if you just want to go be a company, there's a lot of companies out there, but when times get tough, that's when companies disappear, but brands don't disappear. If you think of the big brands in the world, right? Nike, North Face, Sitka, Kuyu, you know, whoever it is, those brands survive because of their branding. People have brand loyalty. They don't really have loyalty to a company or just a business, right? Like at the end of the day, I can go and get a trekking pole from anywhere on the internet, right? I can go to Amazon. I can go to Walmart. I can, I can go anywhere and get a trekking pole, but that trekking pole doesn't carry with it the weight of the brand, right? Like I'll use it. I'll throw it away because I don't care about it. But, but a brand is something that, that people have an affiliation with. They have this emotional connection to like in our space, we're trying to be a, a equipment brand that so that hunters don't have to go shop at anti-hunting retailers, right? Um, the, the places that don't have their best interest at heart. So we want to be that kind of a brand that survives. So a lot of people think, well, and I did too. I was super guilty of this. Dave didn't tell you this, but at, at that second meeting that we had, when we threw kind of all these products on the table that I had been messing with, he asked me the question, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I want to sell gear. And he was like, that's not good enough. You, you can't just sell gear. Like you have to stand for more than just selling things. And so that's when we went on this journey of like, who are we? What do we want to become? What does it look like and feel like? What is the roadmap, you know, for our business look like? Um, not enough people put weight behind you know what a brand is or building an actual brand and i was super guilty 
of that in the early stages as well. So I think that's the key to any successful business really becoming established and surviving for the long run. I think, I don't know what the statistics are, right? Most businesses fail within the first three or five years or whatever it is, a um, couple of years maybe. Uh, we knew we didn't want to be that type of a company. So we've focused really heavily on, on brand and helping people have an emotional connection with our brand. Yeah. So when I, that second meeting, when Bryce set those boxes in front of me, it said ski, hike, hunt, basket yeah. weave, fish, <laughs> you know, scuba dive. Ah. You know. It was and, <laughs> but but the the what that what that spurred though was a conversation of Bryce what problem are you trying to solve? And I ask, I still ask him that. And I want people to ask me, I actually get asked this by my employees now because they know I ask it. And what happened was, is what he mentioned about bringing equipment to hunters that they don't have to buy at REI anymore. And, you know, that's a very simplified way of kind of what we, what we came up with over the next few months after that meeting is like, what you're really trying to do, Bryce, is that, and that, like, I, I'm not that excited about working on just trekking poles for the next 10 years. That didn't really excite me. I definitely don't, I, I'm not a big skier. Don't, I like hiking if, if, and all that's, but that's great. That's not, you know, I'm a hunter. So what we're trying to do is build equipment for hunters. Okay. Now we have a real problem to solve. Now we have a real story. Okay. How do you do that? Well, then, you know, there's a huge process of you know, what's it called? What are we about? Who's on our team? What are the colors? All that stuff. But that's like a nerdy branding podcast we could do. Here's the couple things that I see, Dan, because people reach out to me too. I actually think everybody has an, a good, a pretty good idea. Most people have pretty good ideas. If you're thinking about doing something, the chances are you have like at least a small list of ideas of something you could do. So that's a good place to start. If you don't have any ideas, that's that's a, that's a real tough spot. Uh, once you have that idea, you have to think about and take the time to find people that know how to create a story around that idea, or you might not, I shouldn't say create because the story probably already exists. Somebody probably just needs to identify it for you. Um, so that's what Bryce did. He said, Hey, Jordan, Hey, Brinker, Hey, Bassam, Hey, all these guys, I'm all about this equipment idea, but like, what's our brand. And then we, we spent actually a year. Like a year, people think, oh, it's just a logo. You just draw it or get it off online. No, 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 no. It's probably the hardest part, but the most rewarding part. Okay. So first is if you have an idea, you probably have an idea. So write all your ideas. Second is, is have the guts to at least side hustle and try it without risking your main career that you pay your bills with. But the 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 third thing is, is having the confidence again to find that that network of people that are willing to help you along until you're comfortable enough to quit your other job. Cause you're not going to, most of the time I was not born with the entrepreneurial. Um, I had the spirit cause my dad was one, but I wasn't smart enough to do it until I actually worked with other people and saw how they did it. That's why I'm glad I worked at Sitka. I couldn't have just been, I would have failed miserably if I would have done it without t 11 years of like freaking 
multiple doctorates in building brand. So you have to be willing to to like just take the time to learn and and let people help you. Let them do the work for you. Like gosh, um that's that's a couple of things that I think Bryce did that I think other people could cuz most people they just won't even people that have a successful I'll oftentimes see people in the hunting industry they'll have like a cool broadhead idea or a a whatever idea but they're so damn stubborn that they will not reach out for capital help ideas like they're just stuck and the reality is is they're going to sell some thousand dollars of that product and they're going to keep their other job and they're never going to make it because they can't get out of their own way so that's a few things it multiple podcasts dan yeah amen to that last that last line okay guys so here's my agenda i know we're short on time so i want to I want to talk about elk hunting. I know that's weird. I want to talk about fitness. That's also weird. I want to talk about aging injuries. But first, the two things we got to check is I need to know all the SKUs that you're that you have to offer. I want to hear something juicy that you're working on. If you'll share something juicy, and I want to check that box of like, oh, hey, by the way, we got a little announcement to drop as well. So. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about SKUs. What do you guys got on the table? What is there to offer? So our SKU line today consists of our trekking pole line. We've got three different models of, actually, I guess, five different models of trekking poles. Uh, technically three, but two of them come in cork handle options. So five different SKUs of trekking poles. We've got our Stormcastle Gator, uh, two colors of that. We've got the Backcountry Duo Headlamp. Um, and then we've got the Solitude for TP today. So that's the SKUs we've got. Would you like to share anything else, Bryce? Like a teaser or even clues? I mean, look, next year is going to be a big year for us, a really big year. We've looked at the calendar and, man, you're going to see things dropping one right after another. I, I think the thing that the things that have already kind of been let out of the bag a little bit, no pun intended there, <laughs> is our sleeping bag. Oh. Um, our new sleeping bag will launch early in 2024. Um, there's some incredibly awesome features in that sleeping bag that are gonna be just, oh, I mean, incredible. Um, the stove that we've been working on for almost three years now for the TP, that thing's gonna be, I hate the cliche, but it's going to be game changing. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So I'll leave it there. But then there's like three other major product drops next year. In addition to that, that we're super excited about. Dan, you'll notice as we grow, we're not scared to talk about things that are coming up. Um, we're going to, we're going to be major leakers and it's because we have confidence in our team and what we're building and we we we're not scared of uh, alerting other brands we're just going to keep doing what we're doing 2024 is in my opinion we started in 2023 and 2024 is going to be an amazing sophomore year 
I, we, we spent the night on the mountain in Montana two weeks ago with, um, yeah. several of our new products. And I was like, I got chills multiple times, man. Like the stuff that we've been able to create with such a uh, lean team, like it's going to, it's going to be killer. Like when you walk up to our booth at the expo in 2024, you're going to be like, holy crap, man. Like, how did we do this in a few years? This podcast is brought to you by Matthews Incorporated, Vortex Optics, Onyx Hunt, Peaks Equipment, Kufaru International, MagView, Wilderness Athlete, Buck Knives, Crispy Hunting, Stealth Cam, Marsupial, Born Primitive, Baku, Black Ovis, and Hard Work. Back to the podcast. I'm stoked for you guys. I uh, got a phone call from a guy that's pretty famous in the uh, archery industry. His name's John Dudley. You guys ever heard of him? Yeah, the dud. <laughs> yeah, the dud. Yeah, we know the dud. Yeah, and I'm sure he, I'm podcasting with him next week, which will be, it's fun. I like to make fun of Dudley because I've been on his his podcast before. I think I said seven words and I, and I say that to make fun of him because like he just, <laughs> no joke. But he's, he's a good dude to me and he's always had my back and he called me up and he, and it was a little bit of like, of like a, some friendly advice. And he was like, Hey, I just listened to your podcast that you did with a guy who owns a company. And, uh, I just want to warn you, like your audience, like trust you don't just follow like chase money to, for products that you don't believe in. And I was like, thank you sincerely for that advice. And I, at first I was a little offended. You know, like there's the ego and I'm like, man, like I don't do that. Uh, but then I like thought about, I was like, no, he just did it. Like I did a podcast with, um, an archer release manufacturer, Carter, who makes his releases. And, and the, the guy was talking about a new release that he thought was the best release he ever made. And, and I was honestly, I didn't get paid to do any of that. I drove all the way down there to Idaho and did the interview. Cause I thought it would be cool to interview an 80 something year old dude who's been making releases for 50 years. Um, and so I kind of explained that to John and he was like, okay, cool. But I do appreciate a sentiment of like, dude, always stay true to your integrity of like what you actually believe in. And so I got a segue I'm going with guys. I I'm really slower now, especially to work with brands. The, the main prerequisite is that it has to literally be the word is seamless integration into what I already do. So if you're an archery company or a fitness based company, it's very seamless. Cause that's what I do. That's how I live. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how we, I, Dave, I'm probably gonna have to blame you, but somehow peaks became an option for me. And I think it was because you guys sent me some stuff to test and I test them. I really did. Like I put it to, uh, to work and you're like, what do you think? And I'm like, truly impressed. And then that kind of evolved to where I can kind of say now officially I have teamed up with peaks because of, well, the people first and foremost, always, but secondly, the products are legit. And now I don't have to buy certain SKUs from REI and no, nothing against REI, but they're not a hunting company. Correct. Yeah. Now I think right. it was two years. I think, it was, I think this has been two years in the making, Dan, because if I remember right, not last year's Hunt Expo, but the year before that, when we had just launched the headlamp, that's when I first met you at the Hunt Expo at our booth. I think Brinker brought you over and we talked about the headlamp. You were willing to take one and test it out. And I think that's really when we first got introduced to you. So this, yeah, you're right. This relationship has been slow in the making, 
it wasn't that we just came to you and offered you a ton of money and you know now all of a sudden Dan's on our team right it was we believe the same thing we we honestly don't want people on our team that don't believe in our product right like we don't have a marketing budget like that we i mean like again i bootstrapped this whole thing a lot of people lot, if you if, if you read the if you read the forums uh, everybody thinks we have millions of dollars in the kitty and we're just buying people off left and right <laughs> dave what when you say forums can can you tell me what is a forum nowadays like um cuz i don't even know like i've heard my name mentioned on a few forums and i guess it's like like the one that I should never be like, don't post thing about me on rock slide. Not, not a big fan base of there. Uh, is that what you mean when you say forums? Are there other ones out there? Uh, there's a couple like Randy has one. Um, there's rock slide. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all, I mean, people still use them. I rarely look at forums to be honest with you. If someone says like every once in a while, like my friend, Josh Boyd will send me like some, uh, a review he does on this or that. He just did one on our TP, uh, to yesterday. Um, but I don't really engage in conversation. That was something that I spent a lot of my life on when I was at Sitka and I just, I don't need to anymore. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And by the way, shout out to Josh Boyd. He is an OG, legit, legit dude. Um, and he hunts in some of the nastiest stuff in Montana, Northwest Montana, where it's varsity. I'll be, uh, I'll be with him for 10 days in, uh, this fall. So I'll let you know how miserable it is again. I love, I love some Josh supper fests. So that's our segue into like, let's talk about elk hunting guys. What's, what's on the docket, share what you can, what's your plan and what is your goal or expectations? Cause I don't think people do a good job of that. They don't establish what defines a successful year for them. So what's, what's in the hopper. We'll start with you, Dave. Uh, so I have Oregon, Idaho and Montana. Um, I'm going to warm up for that. I'm going to Hawaii on Saturday. I'm going to shoot deer for four days. Um, and maybe a sheep and on the big Island, but yeah, elk wise, I have, I'll start off with Oregon. Um, I kind of morphed into a new strategy of Roosevelt hunting last year where I'm, tar I'm trying to target certain bulls, which you can do here. Cause I live right by them. And I have two bulls that I'm watching right now that I'm really excited about. Um, and, uh, anyways, once I can get something done here, I'm going to jump in the truck and my wife's going to be super stoked. I'm going to but I'm going to go straight to Montana and I'm doing a, a, a solo backpack hunt in an area that I've always wanted to go. And it's just as much about the adventure. It is the elk hunt. So I'll probably shoot the first decent bull that I find. Um, if I, if I'm so lucky, uh, and then I'm going to come home for about a week, try to help my dad and my brother. And then I'm going to jump back in the truck and go hunt Northern Idaho with Josh Boyd in that early rifle season. And he told me, he called me a few weeks ago and said, Hey, don't bring your teepee. I'm like, I was kind of offended. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? You like our teepee. He's like, no, 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 no. I love your teepee. But he's like, I just went and um, scouted our area. And there's literally not a flat spot big enough for that teepee anywhere that we're going. He's like, so bring, bring another shelter or bring, you know, we have, we have some other stuff we may or may not be working on that might work, but uh, bring another shelter. And I'm like, it's that shitty, huh? And he's like, oh yeah, dude, it's gnarly bad. It's really bad. <laughs> so that's my elk season. And my, what are my goals? So obviously in Oregon, I would like to, I would like to kill one of these bulls I'm watching. And Montana is just, I want to have amazing solo backcountry adventure and just 
kill a bull and try to get it out all myself. And if I can't, I'll call on a friend, but I'm, I'm going to try to have like, just an awesome adventure. Idaho. I want to shoot an old nasty mountain son of a bee, just like <laughs> short, short tines. Like, I don't even care. Just a heavy old, I don't feel like we're going to see very many elk at all where we're going, but if we do, they're going to maybe still be bugling a little bit and we got, um, rifles. So it's something that I've never done. I've never done a, like purposefully done a early rifle hunt like that for elk. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, dude, I would say I was just with my family on their, my kids' first back packing overnight. And I'm like, I'll bring the TP from Peaks. And we went into a place that is technically Idaho. It's Panhandle. I don't want to say the mountain range, but I have a feeling it might be the one you're going to go to. And we were in there, dude. And um, wow, I threw that thing up on a slope like this. And that was the flattest thing I could find. And we all slid down all night long. Worst night of my worst night of sleep I've ever had. My back hurt in the morning. And uh, yeah, I so I think I understand what he's saying. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be throwing sleeping bags in like deer beds, basically. Yep. yep. All right, Bryce, what you got, homeboy? No, I'm I'm focused on trying to learn a new trade this year too. I I've always hunted with my brother and my sons, and both my brother and my sons have moved away that are interested in elk hunting. So I'll get one week with my brother as he comes back up. But we've always been running gun, bugle a lot, calling the out. You know that's been our style for years and years and years. And uh, I'm just hunting here in Montana, just general season elk. We're so blessed to have six weeks of archery hunting, you know, here in Montana. So I'm going to try to learn to solo hunt and not call this year. Like that's going to be my tactic is more ambush, you know, spot and stock techniques. Um, never really focused on that. Never really done it. Always been on the calls. just trying to, you know, pull, draw them in, but uh, I'm just going to try a new, a new approach. We've got a great area that we've hunted for a while now that has really good concentrations of elk. And so I feel, I feel really confident that I'll be able to be in elk every single day, but I just want to hone that craft of being able to analyze elk movement, see what they're doing, figure out how to, you know, get in undetected and hopefully get a big bull to walk right in front of me and pull lampers and shoot him at four or five yards. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, you guys work with, um, Corey, Corey Jacobson. He's fairly decent at making elk sounds. And, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that good. Honestly, I'm, I, I would never compete in an elk calling contest. I say I'm above average, but I like compared to guys like him and Dirk Durham. And it's just like, I don't know. So if you can find terrain where you can put the calls away, I have killed my biggest bulls in North Idaho without bugling. And that is top pin country, man, for real. And so if you can sneak in there, I feel like you can sneak anywhere. Um, I'm excited for you. I do think you're, and people will always argue. And so I'm not like making a, this is not a statement. This is just like a, an observation for me. The less calling I do, the more mature animals I have close encounters with that's the safest way i can say it yeah no, it's I true agree. people 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 can not like it all they want but that is a true statement well you did it last year dave i did you shot a nice bull last year 
And I mean, look, I, I love bugling elk and I love calling elk in. It's incredible, right? Like the, the encounters that way are really awesome, but I just feel like there's something missing in my elk hunting that I want to, I want to experience. And I think it's that, that change, that ability to just try to observe, create a plan, execute on a plan. Like it's just, I've never hunted that way before for elk and I'm ready to experience something new. I'm excited for both of you. All right, let's finish with fitness. And we're all old here. You guys don't have to say your age, but I'm turning 42 next month. And on my birthday, I will be going to Cameron Haynes's house to do all that BS torture that he puts people through. And I've had a hell of a week, guys. I, uh, like I said, I like when I just found out I'm going on his pod and I don't run. So I'm like trying to sneak in all these miles so I don't embarrass myself. And, um, I'm still trying to do like my style of training, which would be kind of a hybrid model of hypertrophy bodybuilding meets CrossFit, um, plus rucking. And now I'm trying to run and I hurt my back and I'm freaking at my physical therapist's office on Monday, just, and having her completely chastise me for the lack of glute recruitment and core recruitment in my everyday movements. She also looked at my feet and she's like, you're getting a bunion on the top of your left foot. I can tell you broke this toe. Did you break this ankle? And I'm like, yep. And she says, do you have a, what's wrong with your knee here? I'm like, I don't have an ACL. Like guys, I'm getting old. And so I wanted to talk about the aging athlete and how your training might look a little different, what you guys are up to. So tell me if you want, how old you are and what does your training look like now? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I can go first. Uh, I turn 44 next week. So I'm, um, I, you know, for me, man, last year I started, I got pulled into a mountain tough program and, uh, started working with those guys and, uh, you know, that, that was a big change for me. I was a wrestler growing up, so I was used to intense workouts and killing your body and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, being in the gym, I never really was a gym rat before. So mountain stuff, I would say is not like strictly CrossFit. It's kind of a, it's kind of a mix between CrossFit and mountain training together. And I started that about nine months ago. And and then now I'm kind of at a new gym just working because I was one of their guinea pigs for some of their programming that they were testing. But now I'm in a, a new gym and uh, just continuing that. So for me, there's no substitute to putting the heavy pack on and getting in the mountains. I don't think for someone that wants to be a backpack hunter, you just have to do that. You have to put the miles in. It's different than being in a gym. It just is. But there's no substitute for also you know, those, those crossfitty type workouts. So for me, it's been, you know, pairing both of those things, trying to get out, do some hikes, but also stay consistent in the gym. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me over the last year has really been focusing more on my nutrition and my diet than ever before. I mean, I, I thought when I turned 30, it was bad, you know, the metabolism slowed down, but once you hit that 40 mark, it just does it again, but even worse. And so I just found that I've, I've got to be a lot more conscious about the food that I'm putting in my body, right? Like if I'm eating junk, 
I just feel like junk and I don't perform in the gym. I can't perform on the mountain, like all of that. And I'm no Dan Staten, but I'm in pretty good shape. I, you know, I'm not overweight and I try to make sure I'm hitting the gym. And I think those have been the two keys to my uh, fitness over the last couple of years is just making sure I'm watching my diet, what I'm eating, stop eating as much junk and just try to be fairly consistent working out and hitting the hills as much as possible. Well said. Mine is uh man, I've really solved some puzzles this year, Dan. Like I used to have chronic lower back pain. I have my whole life and I can tell you it's 100% gone since I started doing jujitsu. Now <laughs> that came with other pain. Uh, cause jujitsu <laughs> yeah. is really hard on your body. <laughs> I have learned that. Um, but this year has been about sort of not being stuck in a rut. And I think I'm, I am in the best shape of my life because what I, as I've, we've talked about this before, Dan, I was stuck. Like I would just be a runner or I would just be a biker. And I'm always hiking some too during season. Obviously I am, but this, we're talking about off season this year. I have focused on, like, I even have on my whiteboard sitting next to me right now. I have four, I have the like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on uh, going down the vertical axis on the horizontal axis. I have weights, cardio, BJJ and arrows, how many arrows I shoot a week. And, um, every day I mark, did I do weights, cardio, BJJ or whatever? Maybe I'll do all of them. But what it's done is it's probably, it's, it's more of a variety for my body. And I count rucking as sort of a mixture obviously of two. And I do do that, but I just think I'm not in a rut anymore. I'm constantly pushing myself. Now the last couple of weeks, jujitsu, I got a bruised rib. So I haven't done that in a couple of weeks, you know, and then I got shingles, which is super fun. I haven't done any intense weightlifting for like the last week. So things happen, but for the most part, I've just been, um, I've been staying on my mountain tough three times, three, four times a week, making sure I'm stretching more. I have more variety and it's spread out through there's, there's only one day a week where I don't do anything besides maybe go for a walk with weight. Um, the other six days I'm engaged in a, in, in one of the three main activities that I do. And I try to shoot every day too, cause I want to be as good of a shot as you and you know, all these other guys. That's what I do. That's so rad. And by the way, I try really hard at archery to be about average. I think people think I'm, good or something and that you won't see me competing at archery um i'd rather compete at like fitness or something but um i like what you guys said like bryce i'm gonna recap blurring the distinction between functional fitness and mountain specificity i love that and then honestly you can't out train a shit diet and pain and being really cognizant of that like that's huge and then dave the thing that stuck out to me that you said was like constantly varied so that you are interested in what you're doing more importantly than anything. And also that your body gets, um, a break from the monotony or overload and, and injury prevention by, by constantly varying. Now I will say caveat guys, constantly varied does not mean just doing random shit because I think a lot of people fall in that trap of like, Oh, I'm just going to like make up a random workout and just keep doing that. I don't think you'll get as far as if you have seasonality, some specificity, uh, periodization where you're building up and you're getting a deload and then you're building back up to it's not rocket science, but there is some science to it. And the fact that you guys are both being consistent because we want 
multiple elk seasons. We want trajectory, not just 2023. How about 2053? When you and me are the camp cooks, like we're all the camp cooks and we're maybe, we, maybe we're pretty pumped that we just get to do one last pack out because our boys stuck a big bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. That's right, man. Yeah. It's, 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 you're making deposits for the future. That's for sure. The, the thing I'm struggling with Dan that I would love to just off, off, off mic talk to you about sometime is cause I, I have structure now, like I'm not doing random things. I have structure in almost in everything I do other than maybe my random walks with my weight, I'll pick a different hike or whatever. What I'm struggling with now is as you get older is injury. And like, cause if you push your body, like even some of these mountain tough workouts, they're pushing me to my limit four times a week. And it's really hard not to get hurt. Now, not necessarily on that, but for sure, when I'm like this other sport I'm doing, you get hurt, especially as you get older. Like I'm wrestling around 20 some something year olds every day. And they're like, man, why weren't you at class last night? And I'm like, dude, my freaking neck hurts, bro. I can only get strangled so many times. So, um, I'm trying to learn how to push my body consistently, but also figure out how I do it. So I have my wits and I feel healthy going into elk season. That's the challenge that I'm trying to work through. And yeah, I, I think the other thing that I failed to mention a little bit, like as part of that program that I was going through, we were able to do our VO two max testing, which was super interesting, right? Like, so pairing some science with like your workouts and where you need to focus and you can see where you're weak, right? Like those guys came out of those testing and they looked at my results and they said, dude, you need to do way more zone two training. Like you're just not sufficient in that area. So, and by the way, that's what elk hunting is zone two. Yeah. Right. Mm. And so a lot of the workouts that I started doing shifted toward twice a week. I was like, zone two, like just nothing but zone two for 55 to 65 minutes. Um, and I can't believe how much that has improved my stamina in the mountains, right? Like I'm still not fast. I'm like this world's slowest hiker. Dude, you were, you were like, when we were, when we were hiking up the mountain, the other, we did a, a two and a half, two and a half miles. What was it like, uh, was it 2000 feet? 2000 feet. Yeah. And two and a half miles with our, our camp on our back. So, I mean, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't super easy either. I wouldn't classify that as easy. And it was me, Lampers, Gritty. Now, Gritty and Lampers both have injuries. I had an injury. So we were like the three injured guys. That's the only follow- reason. That <laughs> but, but, but Bryce was just like, up mountain. And I'm like, dude, you're like, you know, a slinky going up the hill. Yeah. I just, I think that's, I think that data is super important, right? Because if you're just training because somebody tells you to, like, you're not, you're not necessarily improving in the areas that you need to improve. Like if I train the way that you train, Dan, I might not be benefiting myself in the right ways for where I'm at today and where I want to be. Yeah, man. I think we all agree that if you can prioritize weakness over strength work, you're going to see some dividends and everyone's individualistic on that. I will say this, Dave, this is my, this is, I guess where we'll end it. Like my app is called discomfort. Mountain tough is doing a great job. Um, CrossFit.com, uh, mayhem 
Rich Froning's program is probably the most popular online training program. Um, Chalk Performance. There's a million of them. Okay. They all, for the most part, lack one thing. And this is what I would suggest you do, Dave. And this is what I did on Monday. Everybody should have a physical therapist, a physio that they go and see periodically. Mine happens to be a 130 pound girl, gal that works out of her house. When I go there, her kids are on the couch eating like whatever and watching TV. I go past them into her room. It's kind of weird. And then you're talking about a guy who I can snatch 225. I can clean and jerk 285 out of 155 pounds. Like that's, that's a, you know, a guy who's got strength and power and I've been doing it forever, but she, this 130 pound soaking wet physio can take and put me in movements and make me feel like a small child because I'm not engaging my glutes because I'm not firing my core. And so you can follow all these formulas, but I think the thing for you, Dave, I'm just talking to you is I think you need to get with a physio to find out your deficiencies, your weak internet signals that you have from your brain to whatever muscle pattern or movements that you're not recruiting in the right time. Like I am, I'm just like, I have, there's more room. There's more room. There's more meat on the bone for me to lift heavier weights. If I could actually use my glutes and core and there's, and when I get hurt is when I am in the higher end, higher percentage work and I'm not using my core. Guess what I use my lower back, my multifidus, my quadratus lumborum, these little small back muscles that flare up like I have an injury right now because I'm a dipshit and I'm not using my core. So I think everybody, regardless of what program you're following, do something. But maybe if you're getting older like us, like Lampers, you should like you should go see a physio in Bozeman. Say, hey, and then Ryan's disciplined. He'll he'll get the prescription and go do the so now my warm-up has changed, Dave. This week alone. I'm spending 30 minutes on glute exercises that are boring. And I'm spending like in that time um working on my core. And I have six pack. It's not I'm not talking, I'm talking like deep muscles that surround the spine that I'm not engaging. And I know we're kind of going on a tangent here, but I good point. That's a good point. I, I think we all should have like a PT, a physical therapist in our pocket. We see like once a quarter and have some checkups. Dude, you know what I, mean? I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. As you get older, those things are more important. I, th- I feel like you, you, you get away with so much when you're younger, you know, like it doesn't mean you're doing things right. It just means your body's younger and it can it fix itself easier. And, but as you get to be our age and we're not old, hopefully we still have 40 elk seasons in us, but we are older. You know, your, your body is just different, man. That's dude. I have freaking, I need to get a physical therapist. That is a good, good gap. I need, but I have a, I have a naturopath now. I have two doctors. I'm like, seems like I'm always like, I'm on this path of like longevity and figuring out my body and pushing it, but not so far that you ruin things. Right. Um, and I, it's, it's a hard balance and everybody's different. I have friends around me, dude, my best friend that Dan, that I grew up with, the guy looks like a gladiator, whether he's eating uh, <laughs> McDonald's and Diet Cokes or like he'll lift weights for like one week. I'll be like, dude, are you on roids? And he's like, no, I just started lifting again. I'm like, bro, I've been lifting for a year. And he he, he just has a different body than me. Right. And uh, everybody's different. And so you got to figure out what you can do. And that's what I'm tr- that's I'm on a journey. I'm still in the like, man, I feel like a, a adolescent in my in my overall fitness journey, mental and physical. I'm still learning so much from people like you and just trial and failure. 
Yeah, I don't think, uh, I think we start to realize we're not invincible in our 40s. At least that's for me. Yeah. And I guess, I guess I would say this. Death and taxes are, you know, they're coming for you. But I think one thing that gets left off the table is healthcare. You're either going to have an healthcare payroll. I want mine to be a physio that I go see because I choose to, not because I'm post-surgery. And I don't want that money to get spent at the end of my life when I'm in an old person's home, uh, not having a quality of life. Like that's not my, that's not the trajectory. So I'd rather pay now and, and have a supporting cast that I'm gladly pay for their insight and information than, than pay for it down the road. Um, I, just think, I think it's unavoidable. Bryce, what was your VO2 max or what is your VO2 max just out of curiosity? Uh, I was at 60. Bryce, that's insane. That's really good. I tested, That's a, wow. I tested twice and I was at 59 the first time and right at 60 the second time. So the, that's the volume of oxygen that Bryce can take in and utilize in that higher output. Um, you know, Lance Armstrong was 70. Was he 72? Was he 90? I'm not sure what he was. It was like insane. Yeah, I think those really elite athletes are up in like the 80s to 90-ish range. Yeah, maybe his was 90, but anything above 60 is like collegiate athlete. Like you are like, I don't know. If, that's pretty good. Do you know yours, Dave? I don't. I was just looking on my phone. Hey, my Apple watch says it measures that. I don't believe it. You got to yeah. really get tested. I mean, they the testing process for anybody who hasn't done it is really awesome. Like you're you're on a treadmill, right? You've got the face mask on that's monitoring your oxygen every three minutes they're testing your blood sugar while you're running and they're monitoring your heart rate your blood sugar your oxygen levels and they just keep intensifying everything until you just hit that brick wall right and you're just like i can't go anymore and then the chart spits out all the data they interpret it whatever but um you gotta go do it dave like the insights like they told me how many carbs I should be eating at what intervals, how many proteins, how many fats, like all that stuff for my mountain fitness. Like I know exactly how much fuel intake I should be having to sustain my energy while I'm on a, a long distance hike going in for a hunt. It's incredible. I, I need to do that for sure. Next time I'm at mountain tough. Cause I know they have access to stuff like that. Yeah. I can get you connected with the dude that did it for me. Yeah. Well, fellas, I know y'all got stuff to do. Thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for being who you are. Best of luck this year. Parting wisdom. This is your shout outs or whatever you need to do. This is that time. For me, I, you know, I, I want to go back to where we started with the, the entrepreneurial side of things. I would say if you've got an idea, run with it till it absolutely dies. Like don't, don't give up on it until there's for sure a nail in the coffin because most of the time, I think people just quit right before they have that breakout moment. It's too bad to see a lot of people with good ideas that never succeed because they just gave up on it too early. So I would say stick with it until you know it's absolutely dead. And then number two, I would say you've got to learn new skills. I, I had no idea how to use Adobe Illustrator or be a graphic designer or anything like that. But I knew I didn't have the money to go out and pay somebody to be a graphic designer for me. So I just got on YouTube and whatever else and learned how to use Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop and all these things. 
And that's how we launched our brand. So don't quit and go out and learn new skills. You'll be amazed at what that does for your side hustle. Uh, what I would say is, Dan, I remember when I was a kid thinking how much I like all someone asked me on a podcast the other day, what did you want to be? Oh, it was uh, Robbie from Blood Origins. He said, when you were a kid, what did you want to be? And I said, I wanted to be like Larry Jones and Dwight Shue. And I wanted to be an elk hunter. And that is it. That's why I didn't play football. That's why I did do all these things. But at the time, to be honest, I was I was embarrassed of that because I didn't want what all the other kids wanted. Like they all wanted to be football players and baseball players. And then as I, the industry thing happened to me and Sitka and all that stuff. And I started watching people like you and Cameron Haynes. And I, I got to actually know Larry D. Jones personally. The thing that I realized was there's, there's, we all think that what we like isn't interesting. We all think that our story is not interesting. But what I can tell anybody who's listening to this is you are the only you that's ever going to exist and never has existed. What you like and are interested in is interesting. It is interesting to somebody. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. Read Seth Godin's books. It could be a thousand people on earth might be interested in what you're interested in. But if you can make a business out of those thousand people, that's amazing. So look at Dan Staten and others that have said, I love elk hunting. I'm all in on elk hunting. When 20 years ago, elk hunting was, I'm sorry, but it wasn't cool mainstream. Like that, that, that wasn't it. Now it's become cool because of the Rogan effect and the Cameron Haynes and all this. So it's a little bit more comfortable for people to be more outwardly facing about it. But you have to believe in yourself enough to know that, no, I have an interesting life. I just need to tell it. You don't have to create anything new. I just see people try to be fake. It's like, that's not really who you are, dude. Or, you know, chick. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? And 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 freaking be proud of it, man. Like, as I've gotten older, I've never been more proud to, to love the thing that I love the most. And 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 be more comfortable in my own skin it's taken me a long time to get there i wish i would have got there when i was like 25 um but i had to do i had to go through some other stuff to to get here but man it, you're interesting what you're interested in is interesting make a business out of it be comfortable be confident find the other 10,000 people on earth that like it or millions yeah. if you're if you're lucky if you like something that millions of people like whatever but you know Larry D. Jones, one of our idols, Dan, when he started doing what he was doing, no one knew what archery elk hunting was. No one knew what elk calling was. No one gave a shit, actually. And he did it anyway because he yeah. was interested. That takes courage. But these days, you can jump on TikTok and search any interest that you have and probably find 10,000 people that like the same thing that you do that you could build a network out of or that have a conference or that have some sort of meeting that they do, you know, whatever, do it, lean into it. You love it. That's what I would say. I love that, man. I did a, I do Dan rants from time to time and I did one that I didn't post. Um, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes version. It's basically be apologetic and then also unapologetic. So for me, it's like God made me five, seven, short. I've been made fun of because I have a big nose compared to what, but that's what uh, I've, I'm unapologetic about the way God made me. 
in my body. I am comfortable in my own skin. I don't have giant quads. I do squats eight days a week. I have giant pecs. I never bench. It, these are just genetics, right? I am unapologetic for those things. God made me intense. I can't help that. I do apologize though for things that I can control. Like I, maybe I'm quick to anger with my kids or maybe I'm not as intentional with my time with my wife. I do apologize for things like that. But I think what you're saying and what I'm hearing and what I'm putting out there is, is like certain things you need to be proud of, not insecure about. And yeah, man, you're right. Like you could make, you can carve out your own path. There is someone out there that is going to align with and like what you do and you have the power to be kind to people and potentially change people's lives with what you have to share. You, what you have to share is important to someone. So share it. It's never been easier than right now. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah, I agree. You can even have chat GPT create a business plan for you in like five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, kids these days, guys, I appreciate you both. Bryce Bishop peaks equipped. Just a little entrepreneur killing out a Bozeman. Good luck this year. Dave Brinker, my friend, since like 07, the Altitude Show. I'll I'll leave a link in the show notes to his pod. Check it out. He's regular. We appreciate you guys. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Dude, he's going to beat Gritty's number. Brinker, you weren't on when we first started talking, but he's he's going for gold. I'm going to try, I, guys. I, I, I have no doubt he can beat it. And I, I said, I, I, I will go on record and I will go on record as saying that in front of Gritty. I said, Brian needs to be humbled every once in a while. So this might be the, the best opportunity to do that. It's going to take everything I got. I got to have to tap into the, <laughs> the YouTube. Yeah, no, Brian's yeah, good, it's, man. It's going to take some deep, uh, you're going to have to dig deep. But hey, Dan, Dan, uh, I, I, I do want to go on record as, as well and say that I think where your brand is at where your whole thing is right now is a powerhouse. And I'm so proud of what you're doing. And I know how much work is. I know people like to think that you just popped out of the woodwork. I remember seeing you walking around ATA show with like a handy cam in 07 or 08 or whatever. Yeah. So I tell Bryce all the time how I think what you're doing, you're doing it the best out of anybody. Um, respectfully to everybody else. I think the platform that you built is the best. Um, so I just wanted to give you props, man. I'm proud of you. I know how hard you work at it. I second that. I I've been telling Dave now for the last, I don't know, year or so, like the videos that you put out, the style that you've kind of adopted. I'm like, dude, nobody else is doing it like that. Like it's, it's new. It's fresh. It's, it just keeps your attention. I'm like, dude, I love, I love Mm. what Dave, so keep dude, Bryce, what, that, I'm not trying to ruin a good moment, but Bryce, what you just said, did you guys ever watch Wayne's World? Oh, for yeah. sure. When, dude, when, sure. when when Noah's Arcade guy's like, it's new, it's fresh, it's Noah's Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see that movie uh, again. It's been too long, dude. Uh, all right. Well, hey, dude, thank you so much. Let me know how yeah, I can help you. when this gets out. Thank you, you guys. Sincerely. Appreciate your time. See ya. See you now. God bless. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that pod. Dave and Bryce, thanks for your time. I appreciate y'all. I'm stoked about the partnership. And uh, guys, the giveaway is going down. It's a quick turnaround. All you got to do is pick up the shirt. You can buy as many shirts as you want. Deck out your squad. Well, we I helped design the shirt, and I'm really proud of it because it's simple, but it also just defines what we're all about, and that's hard work paying off, man. Appreciate you guys' support. Check the landing page. Get entered in. Best of luck this year. We'll catch you on the next one.
at the end of every podcast, I'm going to rattle off some discount codes if you're in the market to save some loot. Support the cast. Here we go. Vortex Optics. Go to eurooptic.com. Discount code ELK10 takes 10% off. Vortex Wear, 20% off any of their apparel. Discount code is ELK SHAPE. On X Elite Membership, discount code ELK SHAPE, 20% off. Become an Elite Member. It's a no brainer. Peaks Equip, we're talking gators, tripods, headlamps, shelters, and more to come. Discount code ELK SHAPE, 10% off. MagView, Digiscoping, 10% off the S1B1 Made in America Lifetime Warranty. Wilderness Athlete discount code is ELKSHAPE2023, 20% off. Look up the ELKSHAPE stacks, link in the show notes. Stealth Cam, 20% off non-cellular. The discount code is ELKSHAPE20. And 10% off cellular, get the deceptor, discount code ELKSHAPE10. Baku e-bike, discount code ELKSHAPE, $300 off. Blackobus.com, anything under the sun, ELKSHAPE is 10% off, plus free shipping. Sheep Feet, 10 10% off discount code elk shape fatty meat sticks 10% off discount code elk hunter all one word crossover symmetry 20% off bulletproof your shoulders discount code elk shape and finally canvas cutter it's what i use i spend 30 nights a year in discount code elk shape takes 10% off you guys have a great rest of your week we'll catch you next week take care